This is Basketball More Than a Game with your hosts, Coach Goins and Coach Quick. Former high school coach and player have teamed up again to share their knowledge of the game and life skills on and off the court. Now here are Coaches G and Q. All right, this is Coach Goins. Coach Q, what's popping? Hey, what's going on, Coach G? You want to know what's popping with Coach Q? Well, Coach Q is so excited about our special guest via telephone today. I feel like I'm on the campus of the Tennessee Volunteers inside Neyland Stadium waiting on the Volunteers to win the SEC Championship. So after this short break, Coach G is going to come right back and introduce our very special guest. So make sure those sneakers are laced up tight. This is Coach Goins and Coach Quick, and we are so excited with our special guest. And as we celebrate our 101 episode, we'd like to welcome to basketball more than the game, Mr. Phil Ingram. Phil, welcome. Uh, thank you so much. It's uh, so good to be here. I'm truly blessed. So thank you guys for having me today. Yes, sir. So, folks, if you don't know, let me kind of just set this table up. I know Coach Quick, he's already been in the kitchen and got the pots jumping. So let me go ahead and put the knife and a fork and spoon on the table. So Phil and I go back, oh, my gosh, man, to uh, early – 20 it's been 20 yeah it is, it's 20 it's 20 it's 2022 how can i how can i forget that so we go back 20 years he and i uh i i actually was in monroe georgia first at walmart the next thing i know here comes this you know pretty sharp looking guy through the door glasses uh and he was uh our new general manager at walmart uh dc 6055 in monroe georgia so that's where it all started so uh through that and just kind of keeping in touch uh, i said you know what uh, kind of oversight. Uh, he called us out on that, but it's all great. Uh, but he is on the show today. We're going to do some catching up and it's just going to be great. So we ask every listener, every young player to, that, uh, you will be hearing some insights from Phil, uh, like no other. So please just kind of sit back and take it all in coach quick, kick us off. Yes, sir. Mr. Ingram, we'd like to start you off with some leadership questions on today and our pick and pop session. Um, in today's society, we see an area that caused major concerns, and that's leadership. What would you recommend for our listeners ways to address this area? Uh, well, thanks for that, Mike. So um, the, the first thing I would say is that for certain, uh, Lamont forgot to mention how handsome I was back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I, I'm not going to take that personally, but uh, truthfully, you know, uh, man, when I think about that subject, it's so broad. So, so number one, uh, in my view, it's it's likely the scarcest resource that we see in our society today. Um, you know, leadership truly is just about influence. And when I think about my life, and I think about the influence um, that others had on me, I, I think about my parents, my teachers. Uncles and aunts, uh, siblings, friends, my friends, parents, uh, pastors, coaches, for sure, um, bosses that I've had, and community leaders. So all those who had an influence on my life. And, and, and I think about, you know, where would I be today uh, without those people? So I'll give you a, just a, a pure example, and I'm being extremely transparent here. Uh, so I want you to understand that in none of this would I 
uh, demonstrate any lack of respect because I have huge respect for my dad. Uh, love him. Uh, and fortunately, he became a better man uh, later in life. But, you know, when I was a young lad, I was only six years old uh, when my father uh, left his wife and his four children uh, to go in a different direction. And so think about that for just a minute. You know, what, what, what is the impact or the consequences on five other lives, right? I mean, yes, that is huge when you think about the economic impact, the social impact, uh, et cetera. Uh, and, and so it was truly a tough time in our lives. But at the same time, I, I had the benefit of having uh, really some impactful family members, uh, specifically my uncles. Uh, so I'll give you the example of my uncle Bobby. So you think about the the impact that my father's decision had on our lives, uh, but then at the same time, I had a uncle Bobby, my mother's brother, who um, was a farm kid. Uh, they raised tobacco in Middle Tennessee, um, and his father had had passed when he was a young man. And so my mother and her oldest brother, Marvin, uh, left school to become uh, really contributing mem uh, members of the farm. Uh, and so my Uncle Bobby, uh, years later, uh, a, a few numbers of years later, got a scholarship of the University of Georgia uh, to play football there. And ultimately, he made the decision that it was best for him not to go to Georgia but stay home on the farm. Wow. Uh, man, what a sacrifice. So he stayed home to be a, uh, a contributing member of the family. And so, you know, when you look back <laughs> on all of that, man, what, what a great example, right? Yes, sir. Wow. So, so when I think about leadership, um, it really um, is about love. You know, his, his love for his family, his um, discipline, discipline to not worry about what was best for him personally, um, but to really contribute to the family. And it just, you know, all of that just speaks to selflessness. So to me, you know, it, when you talk about leadership, you talk about a servant mentality. He wasn't concerned about him. He was concerned about his family. What do I need to do to contribute to them and to help them? Um, and just a great example for me personally and the other members of the family. You know, I listened to uh, one of the broadcasts that you guys have done with uh, Jeff Capel, uh, and, and I was extremely impressed with him. And so to be honest with you, you know, I'm a football guy, I'm a baseball guy, I'm not as much of a basketball guy, even though I'm just enamored with game. Uh, and, and, and when you guys ask him a similar question, about what he's trying to accomplish, his first response was, uh, our responsibility is to help them to become better men. Uh -huh. Doesn't get any better than that. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so when you think about him, he comes from a position of love, right? Yes, sir. Uh, and biblically, when you look at that, um, you know, what you hear from the good book is the greatest of these is love. And so uh, Jeff Capel, uh, in my opinion, is is a servant. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Right. And, and <laughs> you know, that's the power of leadership, right? Yes, sir. Well, we certainly appreci- appreciate your transparency and allowing us inside to, to, to learn a little bit more about you and where you gained some of your leadership abilities from. And you're right. Your Uncle Bobby, he made an ultimate sacrifice not to attend the University of Georgia and play football. He sacrificed a lot just to be there for his family and lead by example. And you followed that lead. And we certainly appreciate that. And, and we see now definitely where you learned some of your work ethic from. Yeah, without question. So, so my concern for today is that uh, you know today we're in it, we're genuinely in a in a state of selfishness mm-hmm. and and divisiveness uh, that man we just got to correct. And so, uh, you know, what we're seeing is uh, promotion of self interest versus being servant leaders uh, uh, and and putting others before self. Yes, sir. And you know what? Biblically, that's what it's all. That's what it's about. We're supposed to be servants and um, and help others out. And um, I just think that that's amazing the way that you just um, answered that question. So, Coach G, I'm gonna kick it over to you. Well, you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the right thing. And you know what? We're gonna step away. But before we do, we have on via telephone our great friend, Mr. Phil Ingram. And we're gonna be talking a little bit more about Phil. Uh, in our next session, but we'll be back after this quick break. You're listening to Basketball More Than a Game with Coach Goins and Coach Quick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on, and again, certainly appreciate you tuning back in to our 101st uh, episode and our very special guest, Mr. Phil Ingram, uh, and Phil, somebody say, who is Phil Ingram? You gonna if you don't know, you gonna know. Uh, you gonna, you gonna know about the impact that he had on my life, the impact that he had on some of the fans at the University of Tennessee. Don't want to let the cat out of the bag too early. But in that, uh, we're talking life, and of course, uh, the greatest co-host uh, this side of a basketball court is on, and Mr. Mike Quick. So whip that, Phil. Uh, what I wanted, what I, I here's what I want to say, and I'm gonna kick it over to Coach Quick. Uh, I want to thank your uncle Bobby. Because not only was he on the family farm, the seeds that he sowed in you, and for you to step back and you recognize that, um, that's 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 huge. Um, that and for what you accomplished in your life and the leader that you are, uh, and the man that you are to lead in your family, uh, just gives me you know as, as I look back on that, it gives me more insight to see why you are who you are and how you lead. Uh, and it's not, and it's just not talking folks. I know this firsthand, uh, because I work day, day by day, uh, almost side by side with this man doing some tough times when we were on the grind. But in that, I certainly appreciate uh, his uncle Bobby for the sacrifice and because it did not fall on hard ground. So with that coach quick. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Ingram working in logistics, which is a very demanding profession. How important is work life balance? Uh, great question. So, uh, so it's critical. Um, you know, one of the things that's really interesting about um, current times, when you when you look at uh, the pandemic, uh, when you look at the way people had to kind of, or really corporations had to rethink um, how they did things. 
difference. So many times in my industry, for example, you know, we weren't off on Thanksgiving. We weren't off on, are we, uh, we got Christmas Day off, but really that was the only day of the year that we got off. Yes, sir. So it's really critical when you look at all that. I, you know, to be quite frank, I was never very good at it. Uh, you know, there, there's there's no quote is that if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And, and I think that probably describes me. Uh, and I absolutely relished uh, the opportunities that I had uh, to work in the position that I was blessed with for so many years. And so leaders understand, though, that or true leaders understand that their influence on their people uh, should be about protecting their people, right? So, so while I may be at a little bit different level and willing to do things, not all of your people are, are willing to do that. So one of the things you got to do is, man, you got to get your, your people time off. Uh, you give you give perks where you, you can. You need to surprise them. You know, when they when they come into work and work maybe half a day to to have the ability to say, you know what. Why don't you just take the rest of the day off? I'm going to fill in for you, uh, and I'm going to do these things. So be a servant leader, man, and take care of your people. Um, And then understand what their limits are. You know, not everybody, I can assure you, man, my my entire lifetime, as I can remember, I was kind of an over-the-top kind of guy, you know, that Pete Rose guy that that never never went into anything uh, at half speed. But, but you got to understand that not everybody's like that. So you have to take those opportunities to understand what their limits are and to get them the most times away from work. Uh, it's extremely important. Yes, sir. Outstanding. Coach G, I see you standing in the corner for this um, three-point basket, so I'm going to swing it over to you. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'll make sure my feet are behind the line before I take this shot. But, yeah, you when I hear Phil talk about that, I, I think a lot of times, uh, Coach Quick, we'd be in the grind and, Karen, uh, Karen would call, and uh, she's like, uh, you want me to bring a plate? I'm like, yeah, matter of fact, bring two. And so she'd come yes, she, she'd come up to the building, and, and I'd go in and, and tap on the, the door and, and say, let's, let's, let's stop and have some, some dinner or have Phil come over to the house and, and have some dinner. And it's hard to believe that, you know, you know, 20 years ago, you know, you'd like look back on it and say, man, where does time fly? But in that that is so true. That is what is so important in today's world. And, of course, and, you know, and again, I'm not here to, to, to speak over what just Phil said, but my, my challenge today, everybody, is listen to what he's laying down. Take it to heart. Make sure that, um, you know, don't beat yourself up with it. Just kind of reflect, look at it, because there's a reason why he's on the show. There's a reason why he's dropping these dimes, and we're just going to keep pushing the envelope. Coach Quick. Yes, sir. Next question for you, Mr. Ingram, is ownership. When mistakes are made, no one is perfect. How do you encourage leaders to own their mistakes and move forward? Yeah, so another another good question. I, th- I think, uh, Mike, you have, to, you have to build that culture with your people. Uh, so you have to paint that picture uh, that is so different than uh, what I hear a lot today. So the picture of my generation is about obligation and responsibility. I think it was Lou Holtz uh, was asked, uh, you know, what, 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 how would you describe the difference between players today and the players of 50 years ago or 25 years ago? Wow. And his response was, is that 
players in that era looked at obligation and responsibility. Uh, today, they look at privileges. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, you got to understand that it's that it's bigger than the moment. You know, uh, Nick Satan, who I have a tremendous amount of responsibility for, even though, <laughs> not responsibility, I'm sorry, but uh, respect for um, being the coach of Alabama and, and being a Tennessean, but uh, he, he says that humans will gravitate towards the easy path every time. And so part of part of what he has to do is to recondition us, right? Right. Uh, so uh, we have to recognize that and where people are coming from and then uh, teach or coach uh, to that culture that you that you want to build. And so uh, you, you, you've got to be constantly coaching your people. Uh, you've got to be informed. Um, one of the things that I, that I would encourage, quote, bosses to do is, man, you got to know your people. Uh, and, and in order to know them, you've got to talk to them, right? So one right. of the things that I used to do years ago when I was out on the floor and through the end of my career is I realized how important it was for me to – talk to the associates so i made it a point to always know something about everybody in my building and so when i look back on the career you know you're talking about buildings that were as as big as having a thousand employees uh, when i was in patient south carolina it was a two billion dollar business we had 60 managers and a thousand uh in associate, associates and i made it a point to know everybody's name uh, so when you're out walking on the floor, you not only had an opportunity to greet them by name. No, you know everybody loves the the uh, hearing their own name, right? So if yes. the boss comes by and he says, "Hey, Lamont, how you doing? Uh, how, how's everything going with the family?" You know, and you have those conversations, you just build that rapport with people, and then you work in. Hey, listen, by the way, how's Mike treating you? Um, is everything going well? Is there anything I can do for you? Do you need some support? Uh, you got to know the people uh, that you work with and, and to help them. So that leads you into a, a coaching opportunity, maybe with Lamont. Is well, you know, I don't really see Lamont that much, and so you you have to establish that connection. So that's a feedback opportunity, right? Right. Uh, so next time you have that conversation with Lamont, you, you ask him about, hey, listen, have you talked to Mike lately? Lately, how's he doing? How's his family doing? Those kinds of things in order to bring kind of everybody into the fold and bring everybody into the mission uh, as to what you're, you're trying to accomplish. Wow. Outstanding. And I can sit here and say I would have really enjoyed working for you, Mr. Ingram, because I think that's what it's about, getting to know know your people and working together to, to, to be a unified team. And just that, that would encourage your leaders right there to, if they make mistakes, to continue to just pick it up from where you made that mistake and move forward. Yeah, and it's an encouragement. So, so once that happens, the very first time, uh, you know, Lamont, that, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, the boss is going to be following up on my relationships with my people. Uh, so it's an encouragement to them that they need to get involved. Yes, sir. 
All right, Coach D, kicking it over to you. Well, let me tell you something, Coach Quick. You see, you see, so so you, so you see the pressure, right? So you talk, right? So you talking about coming down and trying to score the score the ball with uh, two minutes on the clock, uh, but uh, you know, and feels right as as he was as he was telling that story. I, I my mind just runs back, and you know, he'd get that book, he'd study the pe- people's name from uh, New Hair Orientation, and take off out on the floor. Uh, and he he's he's just not talking. And he he walked and talked exactly what he was talking about. So that is definitely management skills one on one. So you listen to the audience, you make sure you dial all this in. So listen, we're gonna step away, pay a few bills, but via telephone, our very special guest, our great great friend, Mr. Phil Ingram, and we'll be back after this commercial. Looking for a smarter way to shop for your insurance for you and your families? Look no farther. There is help. With several different companies and plans to choose from, whether it's life insurance or Medicare supplemental plans, finding the right plan has never been easier. Licensed with multiple companies and able to shop various rates, plans to help find the best plan for you and your budget. Independent insurance broker Curtis Jackson is the one to call for help. Call Curtis now at 919-614-5796 for a no-cost consultation. You're listening to Basketball More Than a Game with Coach Goins and Coach Quick. All right, we're back in, and along with Coach Quick, we've got a very special guest, Mr. Phil Ingram. And somebody says, who's Phil Ingram? We still ain't let the cat out of the bag. But, yes, he is the uh, former GM that I used to work with in uh, Monroe, Georgia. I almost said Paisley, South Carolina, but that's where uh, at at his time in uh, Monroe, Georgia, at 6055, uh, he moved back uh, north uh, and landed in Paisley, South Carolina. And I could, what's the, what was that building's number, Phil? 5073. 57, that's exactly right. Man, I'm, I used to know the AP manager there. Uh, for, I can't remember his name, and I'm not going to try to. I, I remember who it was. I can't remember his name, but I could see him. Uh, when you we, almost, you almost hit it, Fernando Ortiz. Fernando Ortiz, that's exactly, that's exactly who. It, man, quick, well, that's that ain't too bad to go back 20, 20 somebody. It was Fernando Ortiz. That's exactly. I, I, I met him along the, along the way. But uh, what, uh, and that's one thing I'll say real quick is the relationships that you build uh, when you work in those uh, in those environments, and especially with Walmart. Uh, I'm actually closer to the, everybody that I work with in Walmart than any, any other stop. Uh, along my uh, along my way, and I'll definitely pass on to Raphael uh, that uh, you and I spoke, Phil, because I stay uh, stay in touch with him uh, quite uh, quite a bit. So with that, Coach Quick, if you want to go ahead and jump into our uh, um, picking, uh, excuse me, our fast break session. Yes, sir. Um, from your years of experience, uh, Mr. Ingram, have you ever thought about creating a management training camp? Oh, absolutely. Um, so, um, so let me backtrack just a little bit. So when Lamont and I were together, I was a brand new, uh, general manager. It was my first job as a general manager. And so I went into what, uh, could be described Lamont as a, uh, challenged building. Would you say? <laughs> you said, you said that right. <laughs> That's a mouthful, isn't it? Yes, sir. Uh, but man, what 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 a wonderful experience! So, what I the, you know, the message I would convey uh, to everybody is: enjoy those challenges, man. Uh, you, you need to just really take those and say, man, 
God has been so good to me. <laughs> He's given me an opportunity to grow here. <laughs> and I certainly uh, grew there during those years. I don't know if you remember, uh, Lamont, but one of the things that we did is, is uh, I came into that building. It's such an interesting set of circumstances because I had been in Bidwell, Arkansas at a, uh, at a meeting. Uh, and I was called into, uh, you know, one of the executive leader's offices, and he said, listen, here's what we're going to do. You can't speak uh, to your wife about this or anyone else, uh, but we have uh, decided that we're going to name you as the new general manager in Monroe, Georgia. And uh, so how do, you, how do you keep that a secret from your wife? <laughs> Check in a hotel. I don't know. I mean, I've never been there. <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, uh, they said, hey, you can't speak to anybody about it. You're going to go down to Monroe, Georgia. And, of course, Monroe, Georgia at the time was in my region. So I knew uh, you know, quite a bit about the, the building itself, but I didn't know anybody in the building. Uh, so they sent me down there. They said, oh, okay, listen, we want you to be in the parking lot at such and such a time. I was actually traveling back from Bentonville, Arkansas, uh, Thursday evening. And they said, we need you to be in in." Uh, Monroe, Georgia, Friday morning at 10 o'clock. And you wait in the parking lot until we call you. So that was the circumstance of when, you know, I get that phone call and they said, okay, it's okay. Everything's clear. Come on inside the building. And then they introduced me to the management team. Uh, so I came in and then just right after speaking to the coaching staff there, uh, we went out in uh, Lamont into a general meeting where I had the opportunity to meet and uh, address the, the team there, uh, the full team, in a general meeting. So uh, quite interesting. Uh, then I got a tour, tour of the building, and then they sent me back to my office where I met with the uh, vice president was, that was in charge of the area, and he gave me kind of a full layout of what the challenge was. Just a tremendous Tremendous vice president. I mean, he was an excellent uh, leader. His name was Larry Mahoney. And uh, so he told me what, I, what to expect. And so over the course of the next few days, we came back into a, a manager session. And Lamont, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember it like it was yesterday. So we, we came in, and, and I had the full team. And one of the first things I said after they introduced me to the team uh, again was to Ask for a moment of silence. And literally, uh, that particular day, we, we prayed uh, over our building and for all of our people there. And so it was essentially a prayer that, Lord, you know, we recognize where we are. What we ask for today is, is for a uh, reprieve from the oppression and the failures of, of the building up to this point. Uh, and, and ask for his guidance and wisdom as we move forward. Um, and I don't know about uh, you, Lamont, but uh, for me, uh, even in that moment, it was such an uplifting uh, experience just to kind of shed all of that uh, off of us and, and, and agree that we weren't worried about the past. What we were worried about was the future. Uh, and we asked for uh, his intervention and uh, uh, our work and how we move forward. So, man, just just a very powerful meeting, uh, from my perspective anyway, uh, of where we were and where we were going. 
So, you know, it's all about creating the culture, right? So uh, if you have a culture of oppression and one where you're consistently uh, exposed to failure and then to have an opportunity to win, uh, man, what a great opportunity. Uh, and so uh, that was our experience there. And we certainly did those things. I'm not, not sure if you remember, but we were worst in the entire company uh, and progressed within the first year, actually, to be first in the company in several different increments uh, that we measured. So, um, man, it's one of my, my fondest memories. Yep, without a doubt. Coach Quick, we were, we were worst in safety and uh, for – for a grocery building to hit a million safe hours was uh, yeah, was it was a, a, a huge feat. And I'll never forget the day that we hit it, and we go out and we turn that thing over to a million hours. Uh, but yeah. that was uh, that was that was a lot. That I'll put it this way: those those, those cotton fields were long, brother. Those cotton fields yes, were long, yeah. and there was water standing some in those aisles. But again, the, the breath of fresh air was again just be. And again, you know, Phil summed it up: uh, is when your leadership changes, and and you believe in the people, and you empower your people. Uh, then you, then you step back and you manage the process, and then watch your people grow and flourish. And those are the those were the fruits of his labor. Uh, and of course, uh, in that is that ownership uh, and understanding the process that we're there to do a job. And, and you got to perform at your job. And that's one thing that I can honestly say, say that uh, when I was there, my job was I always tried to be on the blind side of any general manager that I worked for to make sure that they weren't blindsided, make sure that they were successful and make sure that building was as tight as it could be. And that's what working with Phil Ingram, uh, those are the things that I've always allowed to, to stay in my backpack each and every day when I pick my backpack up in the morning at uh, about zero four hundred uh, four o'clock and head out. I think I'll make sure that uh, you know. I think I have a little extra step in uh, a little little pep in my step uh, with that in the morning. So with that, uh, Coach Quick, I'll kick it back over to you. Yes, sir. Um, how rewarding is working in a fast-paced environment, Mr. Ingram? Uh, extremely. Um, you know, so so. This is an athletic show, right? Yes. So, <laughs> so we think about that in, with respect. Um, so man, who among us doesn't dream of being the, the absolute best, right? Right. And, and so that was our dream uh, back in those days is to, you know, how can we best position ourselves to be the absolute best in the organization? And not only that organization, but when you look at it in its true context, we're talking about the largest retailer in the world, uh, and when you, so when you look at their logistics organization, you're talking about the largest, uh, and uh, certainly at that time, the best logistics operation in the world. So, who would not aspire to be the absolute best? Because that means you're a world champion, uh, right. and, and so, so that's what we had aspired to. Um, you know, when I think about those days and I think about the people that we worked with, with Lamont and, and believe me, you never forget, right? As a coach, that's correct. <laughs> you never forget. <laughs> yes, so, um, you know, those players that are so important to you and helping lead that change and, and especially lead that change in culture. I mean, they're just lifelong there's just lifelong admiration for those uh, people. 
Uh, and certainly I had that for Lamont. I think about Lamont. <laughs> and I, as you know, <laughs> I was beginning to get emotional about it. So I think about uh, McKinley Day. And, wow. And, and, you know, so many others that were uh, so instrumental in their turnaround. So, uh, man, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that God uh, put them in my life. Nobody does anything on their own. Uh, so it's all about your your leadership. It's all about your teammates uh, uh, that help you become uh, truly what you want to uh, become. And so that was uh, my first opportunity to be a general manager, my first opportunity at that level uh, to really um, bring about change. And we definitely did that in that building where we, again, went from worst to one of the best among the personal DCs uh, to, to become exactly that. Yes, sir. Being able to see growth in anything that you do is absolutely amazing and, and positivity. So I, I commend you guys for the job that you did when you when you worked together, and um, I salute you. Um, Coach Goins, kicking it over to you. Yes, sir. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to step away and pay a few bills, but we have on our very special guest. Mr. Phil Ingram, former general manager, Walmart Distribution. Visit our website, coachgoins.podbean.com. Always learn to pass. Process, attitude, sacrifice, satisfaction. All right, so listen, we're back in, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest, Mr. Phil Ingram, uh, worked with uh, when I was in Walmart uh, Logistics and uh, Monroe, Georgia, and I built in 6055. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I can, I'll tell Coach Quick, I, I can be 115 years old playing checkers in the nursing home, and somebody say, you, you ever been to Monroe, Georgia? I'd be like, man, pull up a chair and uh, let me take you, uh, let me take you down that road. So, but as we move into our next session, uh, which is called In the Paint, uh, a lot of people don't know our very special guest, uh, Mr. Phil Ingram, played at the University of Tennessee. So before we kick it over to him uh, to kind of get some insight on that, we just got something special that uh, we want him to hear. in and uh, like I said we just had to get uh, get Phil's head right just in case he wanted to put in his chin strap for this last session and reach back and put on that uh, jersey number four so with that coach quick I'll let you kick off that first question for in the paint session yes sir you played football at the University of Tennessee good old Rocky Top take us back to those days and share with our listening audience your some of your most memorable moments Yes. So first of all, Coach Mike, I would I would say that uh, my biggest disappointment so far through the show is that uh, Lamont didn't sing Rocky Top. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is the deal, man? Who cannot get excited about Rocky Top? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, so so obviously, I mean, one of the high points of my life. Um, so I, I'd have to take you back, you know, to a kid that um, uh, came from my circumstance um, and had the opportunities that I had in Middle Tennessee. You know, you know, you got to go way back uh, looking at those days. Uh, the kids of today would have no recognition factor for it. So what I can remember is is that there were basically two shows uh, on weekends that highlighted college football. And that was um, uh, Notre Dame, uh, who was on every single weekend uh, on television. And then you also had the, whoever the current coach of the University of Tennessee was, he saw their show you know, on Sunday to recap the game uh, from on Saturday. So I would just tell you that I, I grew up a, a fan. Uh, certainly there's so many athletes that I could have could mention from the University of Tennessee uh, that were my heroes during that time frame. Um, of course, colleges probably didn't know it all uh, from a full disclosure standpoint. You know, I was recruited by most SEC schools and, and from uh, other teams around the country, of all teams, uh, Lamont, I was recruited by Wyoming. Why in the world would they look at a kid from Tennessee back in that day, you know? Uh, but I do remember that. And, and several uh, smaller North Carolina schools and, and so forth. So anyway, it was just a, a great time when I think about all of that. And uh, fortunately, my brother, uh, Mike, uh, uh kept a lot of my offer letters and that kind of thing through the day. And, and I have those today to look back on and, and really relish, but, uh, there was never really any question about where I would go to school. Um, university of Tennessee was my passion. Uh, we had this, um, uh, tremendous, uh, public announcer named John Ward at the university of Tennessee. And I can remember, my best friend uh, during those days was a young man. His name was Roy Nickel. And I'd go up to Roy's house and we'd play basketball, for example. And, and so the entire time we were playing, we were also doing play-by-play. So we were mimicking John Ward. You know, Aaron to the left side of the key, over to Nickel. You know, all that kind of thing. So, so, so man, he was such an influence on my life. Um, so there was really never uh, any question as to really where I would go. Other than I will say this, I did consider going to Vanderbilt because it was it was a hometown school and and uh, the value of the education coming from Vanderbilt and so forth. And uh, I love that program and respect it uh, even to this day. But anyway, it was my dream to play at the University of Tennessee, and so it was literally a, a dream come true. So uh, the circumstance was is that Johnny Majors had won the national championship at Pitt uh, the previous year with uh, Tony Dorsett and others. And so then he decided to come back home to Tennessee, mm. which is where, he, where he's from and where he played his college ball. Uh, so it was a great opportunity for me uh, to go to Tennessee at that point in time. I was part of his first graduate, uh, sorry, his first recruiting class. Um, and man, it was a great time, but it was also a tough time because back in those days, I don't know what it's like today, but you know, if a coach takes over a, a, a program back in those days, first opportunity is you run all the people off that you don't want <laughs> uh, on your team, right? Uh, yes, so, so it was tough, man. It was a, a, a shocker of a um, introduction into college football when I went there, however. 
uh, I, I certainly understand it. You know, you want the people that can be part of the culture uh, and can do uh, what you want to accomplish, which is to become an elite program. And so while I was there, it was all about the rebuilding. And, and one of the things that was preached to us was about the foundation of the program, where we wanted to take it, and that we were part of building that foundation. So I think probably that's that's the great pride I have in my experience there. We worked very good. Uh, in fact, my first season, my freshman season, I think we were four and seven. Uh, improved the next year, five and five, and then uh, the next year was my first year to actually start uh, at my position. Uh, I actually was recruited as a quarterback, uh, but all I cared about was was being on the travel team my freshman year and survive. Uh, and so uh, I, I was just so, you know, God has blessed me in so many ways. So uh, as a freshman, uh, one of the things that was an advantage for me is one of my childhood best friends, Tommy Smith, his brother was a graduate assistant coach. And so, uh, man, probably just two weeks into being in the program, I said, listen, Doug, is there any way you think that they would move me to a wide receiver? Because I knew we were thin there, uh, and I just wanted to travel. So uh, he said, well, let me talk to the coaches. And so within a, just a couple of weeks from that point, uh, I became the second-team wingback um, behind an all-conference player, uh, Billy Arbo, uh, who was a great friend and ultimately a great man. Uh, he did a lot of uh, missionary work uh, after his playing days. But anyway, I learned a ton from Billy um, and then had the opportunity to, to begin to play some. So I'll tell you a, a, an interesting story if we've got time. So um, I, I never will forget this. Is it was my... Um, sophomore season so second year uh and i had progressed from being really just a survivor uh <laughs> to somebody that began to really kind of flourish in the program i never will forget this i remember thinking man after my freshman year i was thinking man if i could just go back and play high school ball one year man i would just absolutely dominate you know so the development process is just unbelievable uh, because your adjustment to the speed of the game, those kinds of things. And so, uh, anyway, we went to uh, uh, South Bend. Yeah, and you might find this interesting, Lamont. I don't want to date myself too badly, but uh, my my sophomore year was Joe Montana's senior year at Notre Dame. Oh, wow. And they, wow. They, they had just won the national championship the previous year and were in line for the national championship at that point. And we played there, and for some reason, before the game, you know, before the game, you go out and you just walk the field. And so coaches encourage you, go out there and get uh, familiar with the turf, understand, you know, uh, your ability to cut on that turf, those kinds of things. So we were out there doing that. And unbeknownst to me, my Uncle Bobby that I mentioned before was at that game. Wow. So he's in the end zone. I'm down there having a conversation with him. And just really off the cuff, I said, Uncle Bobby, where are you sitting? Because I've got a good feeling about today. If I were to score, I want to know where you're sitting because I'm going to point the ball at you um, after I score. And uh, so he pointed that out to me. Uh, And so the likelihood of me playing in that game was just, you know, the odds were just up unsurmountable uh, because I was playing second team. I may have played on, on special teams uh, for that game, 
but that was probably the extent of the possibilities. Well, as it happened, uh, Billy Arbo that I mentioned before, Billy got what we used to call a stinger. And so he got hit on the hip. And so that's one of those injuries that you can, you can come back from that pretty quickly. So I, but, but you know, it, it is painful. So I played exactly three plays in that game. So I went in running play. So I blocked second play running play. So I blocked third play quarter. Our quarterback, Jimmy Streeter checked off at the line of scrimmage from a, from a running play to a passing play. And at that point in time, I caught the second longest TV reception in Tennessee history. How about that? And, in, and not only that, but in the touchdown Jesus end zone. And, and that happened to be where my Uncle Bobby was sitting. Wow. <laughs> so, so it was my opportunity to turn around. And after I got through the book, barrage of of uh, love and and admiration in the end zone pointed the ball directly <laughs> at, at my uncle Bobby uh, and, and today I probably value that experience more than I value the touchdown wow. uh, yes sir what an amazing experience to yeah. be able to get in the game and to be able to score a touchdown in front of the one person that you looked up to the most as a leader in your family. And once you scored, you were able to point the ball to him. That's got to be a feeling that's, that's just outstanding and unbelievable. And I imagine that you had some tears swell up in your eyes at that point. <laughs> well, certainly even today. Right. Uh, yeah, now that we've lost him all these years later, but certainly, I mean, how do you script that? No. Uh, so further evidence of God's influence in my life. Right. But but you, yeah, it's but, but the, uh, the description that comes to mind when I listen to that entire story, it started when you were talking to your Uncle Bobby in the end zone. Speak speak things that are not as though they were. Yes, sir. That's what. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no question. I can tell you hours of stories about visualization and those kinds of things, but uh, truly a very special time. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Coach Quick, I'll kick it over to you for your closing comments. Yes, sir. First and foremost, Mr. Ingram, I just want to say what an amazing experience it was having you on our show today. You know, being able to just sit here and have a conversation with you about life, skills, and success has been tremendous. And to just... To get your wealth of knowledge on leadership, leadership ability, and just being an inspiration to others as as you were the GM at Walmart when you and Lamont worked together. What an amazing experience. Like I said, I, I would have loved working for you because you sound like the type of guy you picked your employees up. You never look down on a man unless you were looking down on him to pick him up and giving him a helping hand. So I just want to say thank you for your time, your opportunity, and your talents of being on this show today. What a blessing. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. You know what? Yes, sir. And I'll, and I'll jump in with this right here, man. I, I tell you what, the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm, I'm going to say it just like this because it's there, is number one, I love you, Phil. I appreciate, and I say that because of the – in the – the challenge, what we dealt with, what we what we had to do, 
we walked through the, it was almost like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? <laughs> we, we were in the, quick, coach, quick, you don't understand, man. We were in the furnace, brother. We were in the yes, furnace, sir. right? But we came out. You know what? We came out, but we didn't smell like smoke. It made us, it made us the men that we are today. Uh, feel your, your impact. Uh, your leadership has taught me, has been a guiding light uh, that I continue to, to run the way I run. Uh, working for uh, Best Buy Logistics as the AP manager, uh, and it's it's a bike that I've been on, and and you were instrumental uh, in making sure that I had my bike uh, tuned up uh, for whatever race that I needed to run. You impacted my family uh, from uh, early, you know, as a as a young man. Because actually, Coach Quick, you don't realize that was the first building that I was ever AP manager. I was I'd never been a manager ever. I left coaching. Uh, and went straight into that line of work, and it was, uh, you know, it was it was in the cards. It was destiny that we met, uh, and it was destiny that um, that you were my general manager, uh, and you were the guiding light. So I certainly appreciate you, your body of work, uh, your what you bring uh, to the table, and the impact that you've made on the lives that you touch. So with that, I'll give it over to you for your closing comments. Uh, well, just thank you for the opportunity, uh, Lamont. Uh, you know, as as I hear your voice, uh, what comes back to me is 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 that time, right? Uh, so not only you, but to Karen, um, uh, and just what a precious soul uh, <laughs> she is. Uh, it's Thomas. Holy cow, man! That's right. You're doing you, you're doing good. I, I can remember coming to your house and just getting school in Madden. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he couldn't have been too much more than a toddler at that point in time, right? Yep, that's correct. Uh, so, you know, when I, when I think about uh, so many blessings and, uh, and all the great things that have happened during the course of my life, so obviously uh, God-driven. Uh, but, but you know, I, I'm not prideful about anything that I may have accomplished. What I'm prideful about and grateful for uh, is all the awesome people uh, that I had the opportunity to work with. Because uh, I didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't do any of that. They did that. And so the, the immense uh, pride that comes with that, not the pride in myself, but the pride in them, uh, it is just truly rewarding. So I'm truly blessed and truly thankful. And uh, again, not proud, but uh, just grateful for the experience. People like you feel that makes our weekly show uh, impactful because the only thing we do is we just try to step back, take a few moments, uh, and make sure that uh, we're leveraging and utilizing the people that we know to make an impact in the world. So with that, Coach Quick, get us to the locker room. Yes, sir. For Coach Goins. Our special guest, former Tennessee Volunteers football player, retired GM of Walmart, Mr. Phil Ingram. And for myself, Coach Quick, we'll see you in the gym. You've been listening to Basketball More Than a Game with Coach Goins and Coach Quick. Our podcast is available on podbean.com.